This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. On 9-11, like I've talked about in my Powerful Peace book and through a lot of sessions and discussions and seminars and coaching clients, I was deployed to a Middle Eastern base hosted by Arab SEALs, and we watched 9-11 happen live. A lot of folks know that story, and I talked about that in Chapter 1, a powerful piece entitled Hate, because I know hate. We all understand what it feels like to be so hurt that you have an anger response. Uh, We wanted to get some payback. We really, really wanted to get back the guys that did it. Both me and the Arab SEALs, all the Americans and Arabs understood this. This was probably guys that looked like them, and it was dudes probably from their neck of the world. And we all were aware. We're all counter-terrorist experts, and we we all wanted to get back at them. We wanted to sacrifice whatever it took. A month passed. We had all kinds of spin-up, all kinds. My my platoon deployed, redeployed back to our, our home base in another Gulf country. And we waited. We waited for orders. We prepared. We were as summer as it gets in our kit. We had summer lightweight camis. We had no heavy weather gear. We were ready to work in the Middle East in 150 degree days under bushes in the sun. So that didn't stop us from preparing for a winter warfare campaign in Afghanistan. As the facts began to be revealed, we said, okay, let's, how many summer weight cami tops do I need to be the same as one heavy winter weight or, or a parka? We we're literally loading ourselves out with summer gear for a winter war because we wanted to get some. Fast forward a month or two and we got orders. My platoon got orders to go and do the first, probably the first hydro recon or hydrographic reconnaissance ever since World War II. I'm not sure there may have been some, well, I'm guessing in Korea, there were probably some frogmen doing hydro recon. But basically what this means is, like my special reconnaissance background in the teams, hydro recon is just doing reconnaissance on a beach for landing, for for landing craft. We have to go in the water. That's why they use seals for it. We have to go and figure out how deep the water is at, at how far from the beach, what the bottom composition is, what the slope is, what obstacles exist, and so forth. Back in World War II, the frogmen, the first frogmen were doing this and finding obstacles that were placed by the Japanese, the Germans, and others, and they had to blow them up. That's why we're called UDT, or Underwater Demolition Teams. So the SEALs were born from UDT, and I was called as the cartographer for this mission because we were out there and I was the intel guy in the platoon and I actually mapped the beach on an undisclosed country that would prepare us there in the Gulf region to bring in the Marines and invade Afghanistan and go get the Taliban and hopefully bin Laden. That's what we were all focused on during those first few months after 9-11. As the intel guy, my job was to tell people what the threat was. My job was to tell the my, my platoon boss, okay, here's what we can expect. Here's the resistance. Here's the firepower. Here's what they will do to us. And then talk to our med guy and say, what are the spiders we're going to deal with and what kind of diseases are endemic? I had to pick the beach. And this is a fun part of uh, the story is I picked a certain beach, we'll call it Beach A, and made a complete plan that we would fly into uh, Air Base Blank in their country drive there with the host nationals protecting us for uh, force protection, do the, the reconnaissance on the beach, and skedaddle back to our bird and, and fly out. When we got there, 
Uh, I'd done all the prep. I'd looked at all the threats in the environment. Keep this word threats in mind because it's very important for today. I'd considered everything I could get as far as my eyes on through open source, through classified information to see what the threats would be in the environment. But then when we got to the ground, we had to reassess because as soon as we met up with our host protection force, the local national guys, they said, where you want to go? And we said, here, Beach A. And they said, oh, no. Oh, no, you can't go to Beach A. That's through Town A. And in Town A, they shoot us. We definitely can't keep you safe in that. That's a super high threat area. And we said, well, where do we go? And they said, well, here, we can go around to Beach A. We'll navigate around Town A and get to Beach B. Go to Beach B and we are less in danger there. So, we actually had to adapt to threats and reality. And our ninth task of the 12 tasks is observe your arena. That means understand the threats. On a SWOT analysis, we talk about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. This is about the threats. It's external to you and it's bad for you. <laughs> Think of the SWOT. Strengths and weaknesses are good and bad, respectively, the inside of you. Opportunities and threats are good and bad, respectively, outside of you. So, internal, external, good and bad. So, threats are outside of you and they're bad. They're things you can't control, but you can plan around, you can manage. So, I was adapting to threats in real time because all the preparation we had done, which was comprehensive to keep my platoon safe, to get out there in the water, to take our soundings, our findings, our, 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 our beach sample and bring it back and make a plan. And ultimately, we did do that successfully. Uh, when you hear about the global war on terror, you know about the, the Marines flowing into Afghanistan, establishing Camp Rhino and all the things that followed that. CIA was there, all the uh, A-teams, the SF cats and a bunch of SEALs eventually followed in and lots of conventional forces. Well, I was the guy that painted the map on Beach B for the Marines to flow in. Quick side on that, uh, when we were there, my my platoon boss said, hey, commander to the to the Marine commander starting the force flow in. We have a SEAL platoon here ready to go. We're eager to go. We've prepared ourselves. We know what summer gear to bring into this winter war. And the commander said, I'm sorry, Lieutenant. All the available jump seats are taken up by journalists. We'll never forget that quote. And that was, of course, a phase of the new war. Like, you know, back in 91, we saw Kuwait, we saw the flow in, we saw seals on the beach being recorded with bright white lights by journalists. And it's a new face of things. Again, we're adapting to reality, external bad things, aka threats. So, observe your arena is the, the, the first word observe is directly from something a lot of you who are listening understand is the OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, and act. That's why our task of Observe Your Arena, Task 9, is all about being aware. Because if you're not prepared, you haven't taken a full Intel prep of the battlefield or IPB for your life, you're not going to respond most effectively. I'm really excited today because the UDA concept, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act, comes from the air war community. Originally, I can't even tell you the year or the name, but I have a gentleman on today who can tell you both and all of the above and, and go deep into it. For our talk about UDA, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act from the Air War community and SWAT, the threats part of SWAT, and going into Observe Your Arena, why it's so important in your life as you go through the high impact system and develop yourself to become a balanced badass, a badass reborn, unstoppable, you need to have these concepts in mind. So that leads me to the introduction 
of my honored guest today, who is also an honored member of Impact Actual. Patrick Sledge Mullins is our Director of Sales and Marketing today. And as you can hear here in the bio, goes far, far, far beyond that. But that's why this is one more rock star on our team. Executive Impact Coach Sledge Mullins transitioned from electrical engineering to flying for the U.S. Air Force, where in nearly 14 years, he amassed over 3,000 flying hours in three different aircraft. Flying as a fighter and instructor pilot honed his mastery of complex situations, contingencies, and execution. Sounds like threats, doesn't it? After his service, Patrick transformed himself again into a star executive pharmaceutical sales coach. He has mentored thousands and started several successful businesses. As the founder of Sledge Consulting, with over 30 years of coaching, our new sales and marketing director helps clients identify the gaps between goals and results, choose the right tools, and climb to all new heights. What a great air reference. Welcome aboard, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome. It's an honor to be here. We have been uh, cleverly introducing people like you. We got uh, Jason Preach Rowinski in from our team into an earlier episode. Um, We got Trisha Ninja Drago into an earlier episode. We have you and the audience, the listener gets to look forward to having Melissa on. Our uh, our prima, our prima ballerina, but that's another topic, another day. Today we're talking about Uda. We're talking about threats, and I wanted to just really open it up. I've already given the bio, but can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Where do you come from? I mean, beyond beyond the black and white of the bio, what matters to you in this arena that you understand? So, how do you understand? How can you help us understand the importance of of doing this? Observe the arena in life. That's a great question. Uh, and again, thanks for having me on the episode today. We're talking about the OODA loop and we're talking about how you take that process and apply it. So you asked me what's important. I think the, the message that needs to get out today is that everyone, military, civilian, owner of a company, C-suite, factory floor worker, husband, wife, Everyone uses the OODA loop in their daily life. You may not know you're using it, but everyone does. And so understanding how you can apply this tool to make better decisions, to win your, put this in air quotes, your battles during the day, I think it's critical. And so if you want me to, I can walk through the, the different stages of the OODA loop. But I, yeah. I think, I think that, see, that, that's message. critical because that's what we want the listener to understand as we flow into this phase of the tasks. Yeah. You're, you're literally introducing the last four, the last third of, of the 12 tasks. This whole concept about OODA and how we do it, our, our reframing of it under choose is clarify your condition, highlight your gaps, observe your arena, orient your options, and then – uh, what we would say in UDA, we'd say decide and then act. We say yep. uh, select your path and execute your mission. So this is a really, really important fundamental knowledge for the listener to understand as we flow into these last four. Okay. So for a brief history, let's think all the way back to the Korean War. There was a, an Air Force officer, fighter pilot named John Boyd. He was a colonel in the 1950s. And th- this guy was uh, one of those 500-pound pr- brains, really, really smart guy, right? And uh, it probably make me and you look, uh, look like kindergarten kids. So this kid, Colonel, really, really smart. He, he, he figures out 
because of his situation. So let me give you a, a brief understanding. In the 50s, our airplanes weren't as good as those we were fighting against. So the Koreans had better machinery than we did. So, so Colonel Boyd's trying to figure out how do I, since I don't have a choice of going back home and not fighting in this air battle, right, in this war, how do I employ my aircraft, my armament, how do I employ me and my other pilots in a way so that we can execute the mission and win in spite of having inferior uh, airplanes to fly? So that's kind of the background. So in his in his process, he came up with this OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, act, are the four uh, phases of his loop. And he used the loop to help determine how to best exploit the enemy's deficiencies, but also in in, in spite of that, uh, in spite of that uh, reality of not being not having as good machinery, how do I take what we do have, and especially me as the pilot, how do I take that and how do I use my skill to beat the enemy? All right. So think, I want you to think throughout this whole thing, think agility, because that's really what it comes down to. It's all about agility in your life. And how do you apply these four principles, these four steps in this infinite loop uh, to your daily life? So if we think about observe, and, and, and we can put this in a different context. I'll use the Air Force and my time as a fighter pilot or an instructor pilot uh, to kind of walk through these steps. But if we think about observe, that's essentially looking around. Okay. It's gathering as much information or data as you can relevant to the problem or the situation you find yourself in. Right. It's not a passive step either, Rob. It's a very active step. You might go, well, observe. I can sit here on the couch and I can observe, Rob. Well, that's true, but when you're flying a, a multi-million dollar airplane over the skies of any country today, but we can use one that's going on right now, if you're over the Ukraine right now, or let's take the fighter pilot, the U.S. fighter pilot that's flying over one of the NATO countries right now, just watching and waiting to see what might happen, right? That particular pilot is going through all of the iterations of the OODA loop while they're flying. I'm observing the situation. Right? What do I see on my radar? What do I hear in my radio? Right? We always worked with some type of intelligence platform. Uh, we used the, the E3, the Sentry, a lot uh, over the Gulf when I was flying over in Iraq or, or, or Saudi and Iraq and Kuwait. And, and we used, so we used the E3 for a lot of situational awareness, a lot of SA on what's going on. Right. So me flying in my F-15, I'm looking out into, you know, into the horizon. I can't see anything other than, you know, the sky and, and, and the ground. But I'm using my radar to search. Right. Every time I would every time I would turn hot towards Baghdad, I'd use my radar to search. If I saw something, I'd call it over the radio to give everybody in the in the formation situational awareness SA around the the, the, the potential bad guys or. Or, or whatever might be out there. And every time I would turn cold or away from Baghdad, I would ask the E3 to give me the situational awareness, to, to paint the picture for me, so to speak. So that was a, that was the observe for us in the cockpit. It's the observe for those fighter pilots that are sitting alert right now who are airborne over Poland or Germany uh, in, in the western part of Europe wondering what's about to happen, right? It, like I said, it's a very conscious act. It's a very it's a very active step, okay? The second piece of that puzzle is called orient, right? 
Now, orient might be the most important of the first two steps, okay? And, and I say that for a couple of reasons, and we'll get there in a second. But the, the, the understanding where you are in the situation is critical, right? You can hear there's a battle going on, and you might even be able to see it on your radar long range, but you're not actively in it. Where are you in relation to that battle? Where are you in relation to the bad guy, the bandit? Where are you in relation to your competitor if we're talking about business applications, which I know we'll get to in a minute, right? So in this situation, you need to understand where you are within the situation, right? So take all that information you gathered in that first phase and then put it into your brain, run it through the hopper so you can understand exactly from a situational awareness standpoint, where are you in the situation, right? For, for me, or for the aviator, the, the Air Force pilot or Navy pilot that's flying out there today uh, in a combat potential situation, they're going, what do I see on my radar? They're observing, right? What do I hear on the radio? I'm listening actively. Where am I in relation to those targets as they're being called out, right? So I'm using that situational awareness to orient myself to the possible battle, okay? The third step is decide. And so... Uh, to me, this is really where the art of leadership comes into play. As a, as a fighter pilot, the decide factor was critical, much like you on the ground as a special operator. Your decision to engage the enemy, to pull your weapon up, to ready, to, to actually pull the trigger, to actually knock the door in, put the explosive you know, on the door, whatever it was, your decision to decide was was truly an art form being cultivated after every mission, during every mission, before every mission, right? And so I think there's a couple of things to think about when we think about the decide part of the loop. The first is we're not always going to have all the information, right? I know what I see on my radar in my F-15. You knew what you saw from your, maybe from your top cover, maybe you're getting an ISR signature on your wrist, you know, maybe you're you're able to see what's happening, but behind that door, before you breach, you might not really know all the picture. You have a really good idea, and you're gonna you're gonna decide and then act on that information, much like I did in the cockpit. But just recognize we don't always have all the info, right? A lot of people will get stuck here. A lot of le- a lot of a lot of people. Let's let's put it into perspective. Pilots. Uh, where do I go? Do I move my airplane to the right, to the left? Do I do I maneuver my plane out of this airspace because there's a threat from the surface coming towards me? You as a, a as a, as a guy on the ground, do I breach the door now? Do I wait? Do when the breach the door breaches, do I go in right away? Am I going left or right? Uh, all of those decisions have to happen in this decide phase, and quite frankly, lots of people, lots of leaders get stuck here. They get stuck in the fear of the moment, in the the risk of the moment, which are all things that we'll consider when we talk about how do we apply this OODA loop to our professional and our personal lives in a minute. So lots of common errors here. This loop is infinite, okay? So observe, orient, decide, now act. There's the biggest risk here, probably. This is the biggest risk area around the last step of the OODA loop because Hesitation could cause you to die, right? Hesitation for me in an airplane could cause me to be targeted instead of being the targeter, 
All right. It may hesitation on my part as a pilot may cause someone on the ground to actually lose their life because I didn't act based on the information that I had. So lots of different repercussions around the OODA loop here. Acting is what gives us the feedback that we need to make the next decision. And as you go through the course of your battle, again, air quotes, right? It may be over the Ukraine. It may be uh, at home uh, as you're about to leave to go on a trip. Okay. It may be in your business life also, but acting is the highest risk area that we face. And this is where it's critical that as leaders, we make the choice off the information that we have, make a decision, and then we see what happens. We continue that feedback loop, right? And that loop continues. That loop continues. You make that decision, right? You act on that decision, and then you begin to observe. Okay. What did I see? What, what am I hearing? What's going on in the business world, right? Now I orient myself to the new, the new current situation, and then I decide, and then I act, right? So it's all part of this infinite loop that continues. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a really, really helpful description of UDA in general, the origins of it. And you began touching on the, the applications in life, which we're definitely going to want to unpack more of. Two words jumped out at me. Uh, I love the idea that you use the term, you you footstomped actively gathering for observe. This is not, you know, we use the term arena with impact deliberately. I want people to think, you know, I mean, I forget which queen it was or king, but somebody said, and I'm paraphrasing, the sure knowledge that one is to be executed in the morning has a wonderful ability to clarify the mind. <laughs> An arena, take a gladiator, take Russell Crowe walking out there, and all he sees is a whole bunch of iron barred gates around this vast sand covered arena and a whole bunch of screaming Romans who can't wait to watch the bloodbath. He doesn't know what's coming. Nobody told him, is it a guy with a net, a guy with a trident? Is it Steve uh, Carell with a grenade going into the, the newscaster fight in Anchorman? He doesn't know if he's going to send out three lions or two tigers or one bear. He just knows I'm in an arena. I got a whole bunch of big iron gates around me and something really bad's about to happen. So the, it's actively observing because he's key, he's keyed into the situation. He wants to know what's going to happen as best he can and respond as quickly as you mentioned agility, a magical word, agility. The more prepared a person is for anything, the, the more effectively they'll respond to whatever comes. That's why in Impact, you know, we talk about this with our clients. We say, we're not here to teach you everything. We're not going to teach you defensive driving. There's a school for that. We're not going to teach you offensive driving. There's a school for that. Not going to teach you responsive shooting. There's a school for that. We're not going to teach you how to speak languages like Russian, like I speak. There's a school for that. We're going to teach you how to be ready for anything because the only thing you can control, you control only you, is the self. Body, mind, heart, and soul, and healthy boundaries, the done zone. By preparing oneself, we're ready for anything that comes out of those big iron gates as best we possibly can because we're going to deal differently with the bear than we are the guy with the big net and the trident. I love what you're talking about the resources. That was that jumped out at me too because I was going to ask you about that. You said, I look right at my radar. Mm -hmm. I see as best I can. Now, I did this in the SDV, the sealed delivery vehicle, the mini submarine we drive. I'm an accomplished SDV driver. 
Uh, I may have to admit that I pretended not to be so I can go in the back of the boat instead of the front because the SDV drivers, I'm really good at driving it and navigating it, but I didn't like that. I wanted to be in the back of the boat and get out and go do the actions on, on objective. So I pretended not to be as good as I was, but I can do it. So I've read my sonar. I know exactly what you're talking about. And in fact, our principles of flight are similar. Right. We, we turn left, we turn right, we roll the bird, you, we, you roll the bird, we roll the, the boat. Um, but that that one scope, your son, your radar, my sonar, uh, is fantastic. Comms, you mentioned comms are so important because your fellow pilots are your eyes. They see things they you can't, and they put the knowledge in your head, just like your actual ocular ability would do. Your eyes would tell you, "Hey, I see a bogey." Um, is that even a term? Do we still use the word bogey? It is. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it shows how cool I am. <laughs> I know it's the so word. Cool, Rob. <laughs> That's a bogey. There's a bogey at 17 o'clock. <laughs> and I made that up. <laughs> but um, the the idea that, you know, we have a uh, in the teams, the SEAL teams, we say every SEAL is a sensor. Amen. Every SEAL is a collector. Every SEAL is an intelligence collector. I happen to be specialized in intelligence and intelligence collection, but every SEAL is out there looking actively, not just sitting in... Russell Crowe would not be sitting in that arena on his ass waiting until somebody tells him a gate's opening. He's going to be looking all around all the time, 360, uh, because he wants to know the second that bear comes out or the guy with the trident or Steve Carell with a grenade. So resources go as obviously our eyes and ears, radar and uh, uh, sonar, or your friend, your ally who can speak to you. How do we apply these resources? This is an important thing. How do we expand this concept of resources in life? I know you've, you are an entrepreneur's coach. You teach entrepreneurship. That's how we came into this relationship in the first place right. is by getting together on that, that topic and that, 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 that specialty. You must have talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of young business owners about this and young as a relative term, not talking chronology. Uh, the resources that you have, the, the bigger your toolbox, let me summarize, the bigger your toolbox, the more powerful your response. Is that right? That's very true. And I think that the OODA loop has direct implications for us in life every day. So uh, let's talk through some different examples. Uh, you mentioned entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I uh, started off in school uh, as an electrical engineer. I did uh, I actually worked as an electrical engineer for a couple of years before I went into the to the Air Force and got my commission and then learned how to fly. And then at the end of my Air Force career, transitioned kind of out of that into something different and and that brought me to business. That brought me to different aspects of business. I first started my own business and uh, and and failed like many do. But as you go through the process of life, whether it's starting your own business, whether it's being an employee in a business, uh, you know, whether it's it's being a, a partner, I'm 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 a I'm a business partner with you with, with Impact Actual, right? And so everything that we do, you're you're a, a father, a husband, all those things. Everything that we do, the OODA loop comes into play. Now we don't think about it, so let, let's just talk through some applications, right? So let's use a business application to begin with. Let's just say we're in the process of launching a new product. Okay, take that uh, for instance. And as a business, you're you're about to launch a new product. So what have you done in in preparation for this launch? Right, you've probably investigated your battlefield. So you're you're observing your battlefield. And again, air quotes around that. Right. So you're observing the. The, the, the business space that you're going to launch your product in. 
if it's uh, let's take uh, let's take the skincare industry for instance. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a part owner in a company that actually is going to be launching a skincare line of products in the next quarter. So let's talk about the OODA loop application towards that. We analyze the, the space. We observe who the competitors are in the space. We observe how they market their products. We, we observe what type of uh, direct head-to-head competition might be happening with our products versus the competitors' products. All right. We're looking around to gather as much information about how the space works, who buys in the space, at what price points do they buy in the space. What kind of marketing gets the most attraction on social media? All those kind of things come into play in the uh, in the observe phase of the OODA loop. As we begin to orient ourselves, where do we fit into that picture? Where do we fit into the situation as a brand new company that hasn't launched anything yet? How do we how do we take where we are in the space? Use that information that we gather to help us get up to speed to have the best launch, to get in the right spaces, to get a, to attract the right customer or the right business partners. Attraction is a whole lot of this. We talked about 1111 a little while ago and and uh, people have all kinds of things around numbers and and frequencies and patterns that they see throughout their day and how important they are in their mindset and their psyche, right? In the business perspective, that's orientation. Okay? So we're orienting ourselves uh to the situation. How do we take what we're doing, what we want to do, and give us the best possible opportunity for success. And then you have to decide. So in this instance, for this particular business, the decision is take all that competitive info, take all of the scientific info around where your product might play the best, and set your success up with the launch of your product line in that vein of of the, in this case, skincare space, right? You don't want to get stuck in this space. You don't want to get stuck in the, I'm launching a product or I'm launching a line of products. You want to continue to push forward because your ultimate success in business is going to come from you being able to do this OODA loop process over and over and over again faster than your competitor. It was the same way in the jet, Rob. I could go against in my airplane. My airplane fitted out exactly the same in the, as my competitor, Okay. We can go out together in the same exact type of airplane, 1v1, and the person who could do the OODA loop the fastest, the person who could recognize in the in, in the, the observe phase, who could orient themselves to that particular part of the fight, who could decide and make an action, was almost always going to be the victor, even if you were at even if you were at uh, kind of negative odds, even if you're in a place where that pilot had more experience than you did, or there were more of them than there were you. Same thing in the business world. If you're getting ready to launch this product line, you want to make sure that you understand where your competitors are, where you fit into that competition, where you fit into the scheme of things, where you best can play to get an early success, to get some momentum, make that decision and then act on it, right? How do you act on it? Well, in today's business world, it's uh, you launch a social media campaign. You do advertisements on Facebook or Instagram, right? Maybe you do local advertising if it's for a local, uh, you know, brick and mortar type business, right? So you're going through this observe, orient, decide, act cycle over and over again as you get ready for that. So that's a business application. I think uh, I think we have lots of kind of just personal applications to this as well. 
I'm a big planner, as you can imagine, being a former military, probably like yourself. And so for me, uh, making a trip, the OODA loop comes into play every day making a trip. So, so let's just say this weekend, we, my wife and I went to visit my mom who just turned 80. Big shout out to Connie Mullins for a big 80th birthday, if you don't mind me doing that. Happy birthday, Connie. Yeah, thank you. And so in the preparation for that trip, something as basic as getting ready and going, right? Do I have my iPad? Do I have my charger? Did I bring my underwear? Did I bring, you know, did I pack my stuff, right? Is it in the car? Do I need to get gas? What are the road conditions? The weather's been crazy in Tennessee lately, right? So I'm observing, am I going to leave early in that planning phase to beat traffic or my traffic? Okay, now I'm observing around me what's going on. I'm orienting myself. There's so many different applications to this during that trip. Right? Is the traffic bad? Do I need to be in the left lane or the right lane? What about all those potholes that are on all the highways in Tennessee right now? You know, how am I going to orient my car to avoid those obstacles? I've got to decide uh, do I want to drive faster than the speed limit? There's a risk to that. Do I want to just hang out in the right lane and listen to some nice music and just talk with my wife the whole trip? Right? Do I have to stop along the way? Is there another something I need to do during this trip I need to bring into that to this loop. And then I've got to act. I've got to put the car in gear. I've got to take off at a certain time. I've got to plan throughout that trip. So the OODA loop's happening all the time with just little stuff. You go to the grocery store. It's little stuff all the time. But we're talking about bigger implications here. We're talking about business applications, about launching businesses, about launching products. We're talking about uh, if you're in the cockpit or if you're if you're if you're in a little submarine. Uh, we're talking about life and death, right? So the OODA loop has huge implications. It was an amazing discovery, I guess, or understanding back in the 1950s by an Air Force colonel. It was actually a little known fact. I'll give uh, give your your sister, my, my sister service, your service, a little credit. The Navy actually took the OODA loop, the original concept of, of what John Boyd had come up with, and they started their Top Gun school with the same principles. And so they have actually taken those original principles and actually exploited them even further and really, really perfected them from a, from a, from an air force or, or Navy flying concept. Uh, so, uh, so some credit to those guys for sure. It all comes down, Rob, to agility, like I said earlier though. And I think that's where, when you're thinking about threats in your life, when you're thinking about your personal business as an employee or as an owner, it makes no difference. Uh, being agile, being able to process that information, decide how to move forward with that information, and then moving forward with an action, making that decision and acting. And then how do we pull that back around to continue to refine, continue to make more efficient those decision-making skills? The person, the employee, the CEO that does that the best is going to win within their within their battle space, right? Yeah, like um, if you can apply this, I mean, you can apply this. We can apply this in every element of life. Like you said, the it came from the air community, air fighting community specifically. This wasn't like cargo jets we're talking about. This was how not to die in the air when somebody's trying to kill you with a, a highly, highly capable machine and skills. But we in the teams use it, you know, on the ground, 
Uda is easily transferable to a frogman on the ground because I know that there's an enemy in the area. So I'm observing to figure out where that guy is shooting at me from. And I then orient myself, um, goods and bads. You know, I want to know all the good things. I want to know where the, where the doorways are that are going to shield me the best from those bullets. But if I don't orient myself to the fact that there's two shooters on two different vectors, I might pick the fatal funnel doorway. So I have to observe actively, like you said. It's an agility exercise. I have to orient myself to, okay, I can, uh, that one's the best doorway over there, but it's a really long run in the open and I'm probably going to get hit. So I'm going to pick this less good doorway that's much, much closer and I decide. I select my path and I execute my mission or run to the doorway and immediately, even before arriving, like you say, we're observing again. It's a feedback loop because now I have new information based on my new position to observe from. And we could even extrapolate that to, I mean, every moment of life. I think people are doing Udo without knowing it. They just don't know the words. They don't realize. And, and if yeah. you don't know the words, if you don't know the system, you can't optimize. Everybody in Impact knows I, I love that word, optimize. You can't optimize marriage. Like, I want to talk to my wife about this really cool little quad I want to go buy, a gator. It'd be a lot of fun for the family. Bullshit. It'd be a lot of fun for Rob, but I'm going to try and find a case, right? I want to find a case to argue to buy this really cool quad vehicle. And so, I walk in the room. I've made my best plan. I observe the arena and I see that she's fuming over a bill at the kitchen table. That observation is extremely valuable if I'm agile in my mission because I'm going to orient myself to the situation and say, hmm, she's fuming over a bill. Is this the best time to address the issue of buying a nice new quad? And then I can select my path and think, hmm, discretion is the better part of valor. And then I can execute my mission and say, good morning. There you go. <laughs> Instead of saying, <laughs> I have a great idea. It's only $4,000. There you go. No doubt. This is applicable in every moment of life. And, and the way you're helping people understand it is the way people can apply it throughout life. Uda, observe, orient, decide, act. It applies to marriage. It applies to your going out on the street. It applies to whether I go out to, to, a, to a club on that night in that neighborhood yeah. based on local crime reports. I mean, there's infinite number of potential variables to do your IPB or Intel prep or the battlefield. Understand the environment. Exactly. And, and the, the key to this isn't, un, I mean, look, people make decisions every day. They make good decisions and bad decisions. And then the repercussions of either one of those happens. Like you just said, do I, do I jump in with the advertisement for the new quad and then go, hey, guess what I just bought or what I want to buy? Or do I wait? Everybody, everybody makes decisions. Everybody does this on a daily basis. Think back to the, the how this all came about. It all came about during the Korean War when a fighter pilot went, my airplane's not as fast. It doesn't maneuver as well. Maybe I don't have the, the, the best long-range missiles. Maybe I, 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 my airplane doesn't meet up to the standard of the person I'm about to go fight. And that's a life or death decision, right? So I can't just back out and go home. I've got a mission I've got to do. So how do I apply my brain, right, my action, the pilot, how do I do that so that I survive that combat engagement? So 
if we think back to those things, and we're not talking life or, life or death most of the time when we're talking about business or we're talking about relationships, but we're talking about how do we go through this loop the fastest so that we so that we get really good at it. That's the key difference. People make decisions every day. They may not be the best at making those decisions, right? You may be in business. You may be an employee. You might be listening to this and, and you're on your way to your factory to do your shift, right? Kudos to you. Thank you for doing the work that you do, busting your ass every day to do that. How can you be a better floor worker in that factory? How can you be a better contributor to the team? Right. It's by taking all of these things that we're talking about, observing the arena, right? Observing what's going on. Why is the line slower today? Who, where, where's the? How can I help speed this up? Maybe, right? It's it's orienting yourself to that process, and it's deciding and acting, right? So all that comes into play. The question is, who can do it the best? And normally, in in the air, in a fighter in a fighter jet, on the ground. Uh, with a with a team of seals and you're leading that platoon in business if you're the CEO or if you're a frontline worker if you can do this loop the fastest understand where you maybe made some mistakes right improve the next time be agile you're going to win in your in your arena you're going to you're going to competitively speaking you're going to beat your competitor right and I think that's that's critical, whether you're a sales rep out there, and I've worked in the selling industry uh, for for 20 years now as a coach, as a frontline leader, uh, mid-level leader, whether you're out there and you're, and you're driving sales or you're building a business or you're working for someone, it doesn't matter. The person who can do this uh, and learn from it and make those adjustments on the fly and can get better and more efficient at doing this loop is, is the one that's going to win. And you mentioned that the decide has to be quick. It's not, you know, analysis paralysis. I think, uh, I forget for sure. I think it was Colin Powell who said he won't accept a hundred percent of the information he needs to make a decision. He says, you will come to me with 80%. When you have 80% of the information, bring it to me and I'll make the decision. Because if you wait for that last 20%, like in analysis, actual intelligence analysis, the vast majority of the information of value comes in the first 20% of the process of collection. It's there. I've done this with clients. I've said, dude, you know, for special operations, uh, community when I was doing intelligence uh, uh, support, I would say, I can give you uh, the thing you're asking for in four weeks if you want it perfect. I can give it to you in three days if you're happy for the 80% solution. Hmm, three days or three dozen days, so let's say which is the better way to, to get a, a soft unit moving toward the target now. That 80% solution works everywhere too. That's a great, exactly. great, great point to bring was up. a genius. Great point to bring up. But the longer you wait, you're exactly right. Because like I said before, people get stuck in different phases of this loop. You can get stuck in that observe because you're trying to gather more and more and more data before you have to make a decision. Right? You can get stuck in the in the orientation phase of that as well, trying to figure out exactly where do I fit into this puzzle? Do I do I really have the the perfect example? If you're if you're on a sales team right now. And you see something that can be improved. You see a, a best practice that can be implemented on your team so that your team gets better, does better, makes more sales of whatever the, 
the widget is or the product is, right? More efficiently, maybe. But you're sitting back because you're the new person on the team or you've only been on the team for a little while and you're not you're not the one that's always vocal, right? Because, you know, every team has one of I'm, – I'm probably that person on our team. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> you know, everybody's got that person that just likes to talk, you know, who likes to be kind of at the front. And you're a little scared. Maybe Maybe you're just slow on making that decision, speaking up. And eventually it could cost your team, you know, shots on goal, whatever it happens to be. So I think everybody can get stuck in all of these different places. The key to all of our business decisions and the key probably to most of our personal decisions is don't just sit there, but make the decision. Make the decision. When you make that decision and act upon it, you're going to get feedback starting immediately. Is that feedback in the, is it positive? Is it negative? Is it working in the in the direction that, I, that you want to go? I see this every day because I, I like to trade the stock market. I like to do stock options trading, and I see it every day. I, I, I observe the market conditions. I observe where the different indexes might be going. Where's the S&P 500 going? Where's the Dow Jones going? Right. And then as I'm doing that, I orient myself. Okay. Uh, what do I feel based on all the strategic things happening in the world around the market? What do I see in the charts when I'm doing the analysis around uh, the actual chart of the index or the stock that I'm looking at, maybe trying to make a, a, a trade on. Uh, as I look through all that information, I can get stuck and just watch the market go up or watch the market go down and not take advantage of opportunities to make money, right? Once I make a decision, do I want to be bullish and, and put on a, a trade, you know, with a stock option that, that I'm going to make money on as the stock goes up or goes down if I'm bearish? If it, it, once I make that decision, I get immediate feedback from the platform, from the broker I'm using, because I immediately I see red or I see green. Mm -hmm. And so as you go through that, especially if you're a day trader on the market, the OODA loop is critical because the faster you're able to see those changes, the faster you're able to make those decisions and then react to what's going on, your, your observe, orient, decide, act loop gets faster and more efficient. And those are the people who are probably the ones making money and, and, and having the best performance in their portfolio that day. So another example that we could we can pull out. The 80% solution though is critical because getting up and moving and acting on whatever the project is, even if it's not perfect, is always going to be better than not. We we we've talked about this for weeks, right? Within our with our our leadership team at Impact Actual. Absolutely. It's a it's a form of intel collection. You know, launching a new program is critical. Do you wait till you get it perfect and you get all the bugs worked out or do you launch it and get it out in the space so you're helping people so that you're driving value to that to that client base that we, that we know we're attracting people who want to to get better at their own human performance people who want to be more empathetic to the people around them people who want to understand their health better all of the things that that, that we're talking about with impact actual the OODA loop fits right in the middle of it and some of that cannot be improved beyond a certain point without external feedback. True. You need that information to do the optimization, to do the improvements. It can only happen. So that's why it's so important to take that, pull that trigger, get it out there. This is almost a, uh, what is this, a uh, little 
foreshadowing. If we were doing a movie, we were talking about foreshadowing for the Unchained course. Yeah, and hint, maybe. hint, hint. <laughs> In some weeks to come, there's yeah. going to be something profound hitting the market. But uh, stay tuned. But we'll let to them the wonder. Right we'll let here. them wonder. Right. Exactly. This is tune in here, and you'll know what's going on. Right. Or of course, go to impactactual.com and sign up for the newsletter. Once you're in that list, that email list, you'll have everything before anybody else does. Find out about it through the airwaves. No doubt. No doubt. What is what is the footstomp you want to leave behind for folks on threats and observing your arena and the OODA loop in general? You know, when I think about the OODA loop and I think about how we go throughout our day, the possible threats that are out there, I, 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 I've already, I think I've already said it, but it's all about agility. It To me, the footstomper is... You're out there doing your best every day. Whoever you are listening to this podcast, like I said, whether you're a C-suite person, whether you're an executive or whether you're on the front lines, whether you're a law enforcement officer, somebody that's a first responder, or maybe you're somebody in the military who's digging the fact that you get to hang out with a Navy SEAL every time you listen to this podcast, like me. I mean, I'm psyched to listen to the podcast every week. It, it, it makes no difference who you are or what you do. The principles of the OODA loop always come into play in your life, whether you're recognizing them or not. You make decisions constantly. You're looking for information constantly. And I think the, the, the leave behind for me is as an entrepreneur, someone who owns several businesses, somebody who's passionate about, uh, about helping others and being the best person you can be, the OODA loop helps me do all of those things, Rob. It helps me to stay focused on opportunities for improvement as I decide and act and I go through the loop, right? It helps me be a better, a better planner, a better strategic thinker because I'm observing and orienting myself to the process. And whether we're talking about your relationships or we're talking about your business, the success of all those things are truly determined by the different steps that you go through in those processes of making decisions and acting upon them every day. So stay agile, think UDA. And if you want more information around that, then like you said, hit the, hit the impactactual.com website and uh, sign up for the newsletter, reach out to one of the executive coaches. Cause we, we all are experts at this and we, and we have a passion, a desire, to help people grow within their own framework, meet them where they are and help them grow from there. It reminds me of that old adage, you're either winning or learning. Take the idea of win-lose out of it. By pulling the trigger at 80% every time in life, you'd always be perfecting your life. And I think Uda, as you're describing it today, is a form of making open-mindedness second nature. That's a powerful, powerful position. That's the high-impact mindset. Make open-mindedness and willingness to respond authentically, honestly, courageously, second nature. And speaking of contacting the executives for Impact Actual, Patrick, how do folks reach Sledge? And can you tell us a little bit about this project for PTS veterans you've been telling me about? We've been working, we actually, not just telling me, I actually got to tune into your most recent update with the team and it's powerful stuff. Yeah, thank you for attending that briefing. Uh, it's It really is a what, what I'm going to say, heroic mission, and I don't use the word heroic for myself, 
uh, by any means at all. But the fact that I'm a part of a, a group uh, that is working very diligently to highlight the need for mental health awareness, uh, specifically the opportunity to have veterans who suffer from PTS or from depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, the opportunity to have veterans, uh, for us to help veterans get some healing through the use of psychedelic assisted therapy. It's an amazing opportunity. So I know that we talked about it briefly offline, but I'm a part of a group called uh, the No Fallen Heroes. Um, well, it's an organization actually that is out actually act actively trying to highlight this need. So for folks who might be interested, uh, veterans, those who deal with uh, depression, anxiety, if you know somebody who does, you might want to check out nofallenheroes.com. That particular website will we'll show you all the information about our project. We actually have a documentary that we're filming, Rob, that I'll be a part of along with four other fighter pilots from the Air Force and the Navy. We uh, took a journey down to down to an undisclosed location and, and were able to work with some plant medicines and some really just lovely people to help you know, help reduce the baggage, help, help take the, the rucksack off along with all that trauma that you deal with or have dealt with, take all that anxiety and depression and kind of put it to the side so that you can be the best version of yourself. And actually, you know, part of our discussion around the OODA loop, I think it fits really, really well around that process. But nofallenheroes.com is the website that we're using for that. And, and you can expect to see uh, a lot of social media work and, and, the, and the first viewings of that documentary uh, around the end of May, actually. So we're really excited about that. For getting in contact with me, uh, first, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're still here, then uh, you're a trooper. Thank you for that. You can get me at Patrick at impactactual.com for sure. And if you have specific questions about that No Fallen Heroes project, you can hit me up at Patrick at nofallenheroes.com as well. That's really powerful stuff. And, I, you know, I, I am one. You know, I'm a guy who's – I'm a – Combat veteran, Navy SEAL, trauma person. I won't say victim, but a person with trauma from the right. from the teams, from my military career, and from before that, and from my earliest days. And uh, and I have taken what I will claim is the 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 courageous step to walk into processing it, managing it, dealing with it. And I know from personal experience that. As I talked about in the very opening of Powerful Peace, there's a, a, a one-page letter in there called An Open Letter to Veterans and Recruits. It talks about talking about it, deal with it. Stop letting uh, the, the common wisdom, which is actually a lack of wisdom, describe us as being a bunch of sissies or bitches for addressing our actual human need of emotional health. That is right. Mental health is right pursue it. We we do fitness for the body all day long. The mind and the heart are close behind. Uh, they deserve to be right up there and, and be a fit human being across the body, mind, heart, and soul. So I really appreciate that. This is definitely a topic that we can we can get into a lot deeper. In, in oh, a for sure. Because, because you're exactly right. The dialogue, the discussion that you just, that you just mentioned around talking about mental health is really becoming it's coming to the forefront, actually. You know, with the helps of with the help of organizations like the Top Gun Fighter Foundation or Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions or Heroic Hearts Mission, there are there are groups of people out there who are 
bringing this discussion to the top of the chain. So we're not pushing it back in the back and you're a man, you don't talk about that. Or, you know, you're a woman, keep your trauma to yourself. You know, no, we're, we're, we're bringing it to the forefront because in order to be the best version of yourself for yourself, for you, for your family, for society, the best to be the best human. You talk about this an awful lot, Rob. In order to be the best human, you have to you have to be able to dialogue around that trauma. You have to understand that taking a pill every day is not the solution. It might help, but it's definitely not the solution. There are so many other ways that I've learned to deal with the trauma in my life, to deal with those, those situations in the military that I faced in the cockpit, uh, in my in my personal life, to be able to cleanse yourself, to make yourself whole, to uh, find the better version of yourself, right? To forgive yourself for the times that you, you know, you made a mistake and hurt people. Uh, there's so many things to talk about, whether it's plant medicine or whether it's uh, talk counseling, talk therapy, which is a critical part of what we do, whether it's with a brother or a sister or a, a psychologist. There's just so many things, meditation, yoga, so many different things that are going on out there in the world that people don't know about. I mean, I grew up in rural Tennessee. We didn't talk about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. A man I'm, I'm, is silent. Strong and exactly. silent. Well, and that's strong. That's that's what strength was in the 50s and right. 60s. Today, I, I, I just plead to anybody out there listening to this, if you're if you're suffering with those types of issues, with depression, anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress, personal stress, just, just trauma in your life, man, reach out to a battle buddy or a wingman. Reach out to this organization. Reach out to Rob or myself because, because we want to help. We want to we want to engage in that dialogue so that we can help people save lives and get to be a better species, quite frankly. Yeah, as an individual, it's truly more strong to be resilient. It's truly more strong to have the uh, the wholeness, get back to being a, a whole person, which includes all the aspects, the body, mind, heart, and soul. And it's actually fragile. As our egos, males are have fragile egos. There, it's a it's a brittleness, easily shattered. The male ego, and of course, when we, we would deny trauma, deny emotional needs, we're making ourselves brittle and easily shattered. And that's why people are killing themselves, the unseen wounds, because they they'd rather die than face this terrible, the thing they don't believe they have permission to deal with. But we want to give that permission, and we will definitely do other episodes on this. Awesome. You have permission to be a human being. I look forward to those books. This is absolutely powerful, powerful stuff, brother. Thank you so much for helping come on and, and open up these concepts for people. Rob, it's a, it's a blessing to be with you, and it's always a, a lot of fun when we get a chance to chat. So thanks for having me on. And to you in the audience who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And keep coming back because this is where the good stuff is, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois, the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.